In this episode, we're joined by 2020 Reuse Repair grantee partner, Sandra Goldmark, and her father, Peter Goldmark. Together, this duo talks about an upcoming book, Haikus for New York City, that they co-wrote and illustrated and discuss why this is the right time to gift New Yorkers this collection of stories honoring the city. Coming in spring of this year, a portion of the proceeds will support Citizens NYC. To kick things off, here's our CEO, Rasan Harris. I'm so excited to start a podcast that is a family affair. So excited to have Peter Goldmark and Sandra Goldmark who are going to talk to us about everything from their love for New York City, their love of poetry, their love for for each other. I hope that there is a lot of family love there. I know it is. And also just their, their love for the future that we can all hold together in New York City. So um, ladies first, Sandra, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Fun to be here. So excited to have you here. Would love for you to just briefly introduce who you are and how do you know Citizens Committee for New York City? Sure. So uh, my name is Sandra Goldmark. I'm a professor and a and the director of sustainability at Barnard College, um, and I'm originally a theatrical set designer. And the way I know Citizen is actually kind of a wonderful story. So for many years, I ran a series of short-term repair shops around New York City. We would open a repair shop in a neighborhood, staff it with theater artists to support the local economy and combat waste. And that project was supported by two grants from Citizens Committee, which for which we were incredibly grateful and were literally transformative for our project. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And Citizens Committee only works if people from New York City care and are courageous enough to put their ideas forward about how they'd like to improve the city. And so thank you for being one of the thousands that uh, step forward and doing great things to make New York City better. And uh, Mr. Peter Goldmark, uh, how are you doing? Can you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself, how you know citizens, and just tell us about your connection to New York City. Well, I'm an old New Yorker, Rasan, and I mean old. I had my 80th birthday in December. Yeah, I've had some of the most fascinating and wonderful jobs in the world in New York. Uh, in terms of challenge and in terms of fun, I've been able to run foundations, newspapers. I ran the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey at a time it had to be rebuilt. And believe it or not, even though it was Sandra, and she'll tell you that story, who brought me back into contact with you and Citizens New York at this time, it became obvious to me in a while that I'd had an earlier contact because I was budget director of New York State during the fiscal crisis. And that's when Citizens New York City was born. And that's when I met Oz Elliott. We, ne we never became close, but we knew each other a little bit during that amazing time. So now I'm in my last few years of being effective and I'm working on things that affect the next generation like climate change because, very frankly, my generation is leaving the younger generation a real mess. And I want to spend my last years working on that. That is incredible. I am so energized by the conversation the two of you are going to have for multiple reasons. Peter, when in December is your birthday, if I may ask? December 2nd. I was born 1940. Amazing. I was II. born... December 1st, 1973. So we're both Sagittarius and um, 
almost perfect twins, which I absolutely love. So, Peter, I am a fan of yours now because uh, of your Sagittariusness and, you know, almost being a birthday twin. I'm a fan of yours for all that you've done for New York City and you being someone who I definitely want to, not necessarily all in this conversation, but later, like to sit at your feet to understand, you know, how New York City came out of crisis in the past and how we're going to do it again. Because if you know your past, then you can learn very valuable lessons for your future. We know people in common in philanthropy like Joel Fleischman, so I'd love to just folks who have been dedicated as servants in multiple realms, but also in the, in the field of philanthropy and trying to make change that way. And then lastly, but most importantly, this being a family affair of you and your daughter. I'm a girl dad. Um, I have a about to be seven-year-old daughter that's sitting in the other room. And during this time of quarantining and COVID, we spent a lot of special time together. And I could imagine being in a project with your daughter must have been extremely gratifying and filled your cup. And so I'm really excited about hearing this conversation about what you two did together. So with that, almost step out the way and hear what kind of conversation the two of you are going to get in. You know, this podcast is couples in conversation, and we've been creating couplings that you know sometimes have been partnerships and households, but they're all different times of couplings that are really important and impactful and, and great for the city to hear. And I'm glad that you guys are going to do that. Hey, thank you, Rasan. And as you said earlier, ours luckily is a family where there's a lot of love. But this has been a new adventure for Sandra and me, at least for me. Sandra can speak for herself. Sandra and I have done a lot of things together, from skiing and sports to practical jokes, but we've never done something in the world of arts because she knows how to draw, and I'm a klutz. She has a good artistic sense, and I'm sort of a slob, and I've been in public life. So do you agree with that, Sandra? This is the, this is the first, first thing we've ever done together in this realm. Yeah, this was a very fun, we working together, exactly, we've done so many things together, but this was work, even though it started out a little bit as just, oh, this would be a fun thing to do. It was great to actually kind of, as Rasan said, be in conversation, you know, about the project, and then ultimately put the poems, the haikus, in conversation with the drawings. This is essentially, I think, what wound up happening, so it was yes. definitely new terrain for us. I think you're right. For those listening, let's, let me be crystal clear what it is we did together. I've written poetry since the age of 40. It's always been private, except for two poems that were stolen by a good friend in a good spirit and published under my name because he thought they ought to be out there. Nothing has ever been published. But I started writing haikus about New York City a couple of years ago, and I showed a couple to um, friends last year, and they said, Goldmark, these are terrific. You've got to publish these. I said no, and things went downhill from there. And so they got on the track to get published, and I went to Sandra and said, Sandra, maybe you could do some illustrations for these. And she said yes, and then just like that, bingo, we were in a joint enterprise that brought us together closely. But as Sandra implied, they're not just drawings for somebody else's book. They, they are drawings which are linked to the haiku poems, and they make them come alive. i give you an example. There's a wonderful one. that involve, It's one of several drawings involving pigeons that Sandra did. 
And it's the drawing for a haiku, which here it is. It's all haikus are very short. They're 17 syllables. The haiku reads, in this city of crowds, horns, shoving, hurrying, you can be alone. Notice the pivot at the end. A lot of haikus have a pivot where you set a scene or describe something, and then there's a twist in the history, a surprise, a shock, an insight. And they lend themselves to humor and irreverence, which are fundamental parts of New York City and being a New Yorker. But I like the discipline of the form. You got something to say? All right, smarty pants. Put it in this crystalline 17-syllable structure. Sandra did, on page 23 of the book, Haikus for New York City, that's coming out, did a beautiful drawing, totally different from what you'd expect, that just captures something very special about New York um, and this haiku about the fact that with all the people and the crowding and the shoving, you can be alone. How yeah, did you that find poem, that happening, Sandra? Well, that poem is a really great example because, so I, as I said, I have a background as a theatrical set designer, right? So I'm very used to the, the practice, the habit of reading a text and then translating or responding to that text in my previous life on stage, right? Creating a set or a space, but in this case, a drawing. And you find inspiration in the words, right? And you find something that you can connect to. So in this city, I think I would hazard the guess that almost everybody who lives in the city has had that experience of being in the crowds and the shoving and the hurrying, but also feeling alone. Like that is a very true and honest experience for so many New Yorkers. And so when I read that, then I was walking around the city one day and I saw all these pigeons up on a, you know, it's one of those big, long traffic lights that extends over the street. And there was about 30 pigeons up there hanging out all together. And beneath it, there was a woman sort of just walking away all by herself. It was, it was in the summer. So the streets were empty from, from COVID and she was all by herself. And I just grabbed a quick picture of it to remind myself and I drew it, adapted it later. But that was a way that I thought, I think that's what, Again, that term is on use of conversation of how you, as a designer or an illustrator, get inspiration from the words, connect it to your own experience, and then try to find like a little particular point of view, which is hopefully what ha what happened. It, it worked very well. I, I, that's, that's a great story you just told. But my, I was curious, I had a question for you, which is, <laughs> this is our chance to ask each other all the questions we didn't ask during the, the writing and drawing process. But... I mean, you've been writing these poems for how long? For for 40 years? It, no, no. The, the haikus for New York City, of which I've now written, I don't know, 70 or 80. The book has only about 30. Um, that started two or three years ago. But I've been writing poetry mm -hmm. since roughly I was 40 years old. But it's I wrote it to help me know what I was feeling and to sort out how I was relating to the rest of the world. Because, as you know, I had some jobs that were really were really high-pressure jobs. I've had to handle riots. I've had to handle strikes. I once had to handle a hostage situation. And pressure and crisis can either numb you or if you find a way to absorb them and then react with them, which is what writing poetry requires, then you can absorb them and not have them numb you. Numb you. And that, mm. that was really the role of, of poetry in my life. So this experience that you and I are going through of having an actual book about to be published. Well, you have, another, you have another book. You're a writer way down the line in front of me. But this is my first experience 
with having a book published. And it's a book about pieces that are very personal to me. It's also interesting in this year of COVID to think about this year was such an intense year for, for everybody in this city. And to think, will these poems or will whatever artistic enterprise they're embarking on help them process this year and help them look forward to what the city can will become again. It's kind of an exciting way to think about these poems. I mean, for me, COVID was very present as I drew because I was really looking over this whole year. For you, I guess the COVID was only half of the writing time. No, I think that's I think that's very true. And I think one of the re- one of the reasons it was so great that you came up with the idea of let's donate some of the proceeds to citizens for New York is because as you say, this this is a unique year in a unique city. Mm-hmm. And we know that some things that are now new are going to stay with us and become part of the new normal, close quotes. We don't know exactly what. And we know some of the difficult and things, horrible things we've been through this year as individuals, as families, as a city, some of them will pass, but we don't know which. So it's been a, it's yeah. been a critical, crucible kind of, kind of year. You know what I would add to that, too? Just that some of those things of New York that we're always the truth are always going to stay the truth. You know, like the, there's the poem, you know, the one with the illustration of the rat subway, the hurrying crowds. Like there are some yeah. things of New York that may be on pause right now that we know they're going to come back and they're going to be um, kind of a baseline again. And it's nice to, for me at least to see those and think of those as well. You know, we're not only in this COVID year, we have a city behind us and a city ahead of us. Well, let me read the haiku you're referring to. Sandra is just referring to a haiku, which, uh, remember, a haiku is only 17 syllables. I'll now read to you, but I'm going to let you be teased to see how she could possibly have done a wonderful illustration with a rat that fits it. Here's the haiku. No matter how fast you walk in New York, someone always strides past you. As Sandra said, that's something we all know. We all know that. Yeah, I love that poem because it's, again, an experience that to me is so classic, like pushing and yes. shoving and r- trying to get somewhere. And then, of course, you have these moments and you realize, why am I rushing, you know? What am I doing? And that's also the whole experience, I think, for us has also been another useful lesson in serendipity or actual destiny coming through because when you suggested let's donate some of the proceeds to citizens for NYC. You could not have known that they were born during one of the most intense and formative periods in my professional life when I was budget director of New York State. And you could not have known that during that period I met Oz Elliott, who founded it. But your suggestion coming from one of my children who could not possibly have known where it was going to lead, for me, was one of those roundabout loops in history that brought me back to some themes and some places we'd been before. Yeah, and it just shows how, how we are so connected in the city. So here are a couple of other haikus that I think fit Sandra's description of being something all New Yorkers know and, and recognize. Here's one that's irreverent or saucy, as we say. And the first line is in quote. There is a train directly behind this one, close quotes. New York City bullshit. We all know that. We've all been on the subway, heard that announcement, and know that the conductor's just making it up. It's just the way you tell people to relax and don't all pile on the same train. But here's one that for me, and now I'm talking in a self-centered way as the writer, 
that is as important as the one Sandra liked and talked about the illustration we did earlier. And I think this is also one that all New Yorkers know. You can't rush it or chase it, but sometimes in New York, peace will find you. That's great. So when I was asked by my dad to draw these illustrations for these haikus, I thought, oh, sure, this will be fun and nice thing to do with my dad over the summer. And what I discovered in the process is something that I hope readers of the book and New Yorkers will find as well. I found that taking a minute, you know, I, given the prompt of the poem, I had to really stop and think and look around myself at this city. Because, of course, drawing is really about seeing, right, about stopping and really looking at what's in front of you. And that process of stopping and, and seeing this city again was really powerful and really heartening. And I think that's maybe what the book Poems and Illustrations is offering as a chance to pause, look at the city that we have, look at each other and appreciate it in all its kind of comedy and glory and mundanity. So thanks, Daddy, for this opportunity. It was really wonderful. And that's wonderful what you just said, Sandra. Awesome. So I'm so, so thankful for what you guys have done. And I want to make sure that as we close, I get to make sure that in a very crystallized way, succinctly, what does New York City mean to you, Sandra? New York City is home. That was like really powerful. <laughs> um, uh, Peter, I put the same challenge out to you, uh, Mr. Haku. And again, it's not a challenge um, because, I mean, you've done this so well in a, a full book full of uh poems and haikus, but mm -hmm. if you had to say kind of succinctly, what does New York City mean to you? New York City for me is a combination of intensity. There is no place so busy, so intense, with so many different strands, so many different opportunities, so many different gifts and talents being displayed. It is a center of intensity, and it is a source of magic because it brings all those things together. And things can happen here that can happen nowhere else. Now, that shouldn't be translated as only good things. There are bad things. There are difficult things. And we're going through a year with its share of difficult things this year. But we found in, our, in ourselves a strength, a form of magic that we need to get through it. And I'm very moved that the executive director of Citizens for NYC, who is talking to us in this conversation, is in the middle of his bout with COVID, yet he's clear, he's leading, he's strong, and he's looking forward. That's magic. That's humbling. That's humbling. Um, you know, just really quickly, Peter, my first day officially leading Citizens Committee was March 16th, and that was the day that New York City was, you know, unofficially, officially under pause because of COVID. And it's so interesting how this pandemic has shaped, you know, my time here at Citizens and also has kind of shaped me as a person and as I'm developing as a leader and showing up authentically in the midst of all that's going on. Um, and like you said, there's an intensity to New York City, almost kind of like there's an intensity to this pandemic that hopefully, I don't know, leaning into authentic and leaning into like who we are can hopefully help us like realize things that we want to change, things we want to do better, but also can give us solutions of like how we can move forward. So, mm -hmm. so interesting right now. 
in the haze of COVID. Can you tell us when should we look for the book of haikus? Like when will it be available and you know how can folks get it? Um, we're told that these books will be in the stores uh, around the first week of April. It's going to be released during April, which is National Poetry Month. But if you go to Amazon, for example, or the site created for the book, haikusfornewyorkcity.com, there are places there where you can pre-order, and they have a list, they have a thing all set up about the book, so you can pre-order them in advance. That is so awesome. Um, we are so fortunate that your family has love for each other and love for New York City, and we're all going to get to witness it and benefit from it all at once. So this is such a pleasure and such a joy. The work okay. of Citizens Committee is definitely made possible by your generosity um, as the two of you on this phone and generosity of many other individuals and organizations that, that sponsor us. And we're just thankful that folks are stepping up for New York City at this time of need and allows us to have what we need to provide micro grants for leaders that are going to be part of making sure that New York City is what she needs to be for all of us going forward. So um, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Rasana. Thank, thank you, you for Sandra. having us. Thank you. Every gift received will be matched one-to-one -one up to $150,000. Our goal is to raise $1.5 million this year through our virtual New Yorkers for New York fundraising campaign so we can help New Yorkers get back on their feet. Go to www.citizensnyc.org slash New Yorkers to get full access to our brand new website and to find out how you can donate.